from Alaska, Grim After Dark, starring John and Danny. Welcome in uh, the Stat Daddy himself, uh, TM. Nathan, Nathaniel Hanning joins the show to discuss the immortal empire of Stat Check, uh, the meta at the moment, how he sees the game from kind of a top-down perspective. Uh, but don't worry, it's going to be pretty grim after dark. Uh, my co-host today needs some monetization. He's addicted to freemium gaming. It's Danny McDevitt. If I just hold still, I can cut all this out later. It's great. Welcome, Danny. Hi, John. Great to be and here. I want to say before before we, we start here and talk to Danny, and tonight I'm just going to cut you off whenever you start talking. Perfect. Uh, if you are only listening to the audio show, one, I'm sorry, um, but every Monday night we are live 10 p.m. Eastern on the Frontline Gaming Network on Twitch, on YouTube, wherever like shitty Twitches are found. Uh, and you can follow along, uh, interact with the show. Producer Val throws up some cool um, polls that make fun of us, uh, hopefully. Uh, and then, yeah, follow along. Well, you know, he, along, tries. he tries. He tries. And that's what's really important, John. He tries. Uh, on the important side, uh, is last week he did ask the audience who was funnier, me or him. And the, the right person won. And we're going to leave it at that. Um, Danny, we've all fallen victim to the latest Warhammer mobile game. Uh, which we have here, including our very own review, Tacticus, uh, which one gamer describes if Spiky Bits made a mobile game. Danny, tell me about Tacticus. Well, I don't know who that John Q guy is, but his opinion seems little garbage. Um, <laughs> average gamer? I don't know. I'm suspect of that of that qualifier. Um, no, I, I think it's a really fun Mountain game. Dew. I mean, he eats it's... Cheetos with a chopstick. Yeah, he probably does, you know. And who does that? Who does that? Who knows? Real who knows? jerk. Have you really done that before? For real? Like, it isn't a side? It's not even a joke. Yeah, If you eat uh, your Cheeto Puffs with chopsticks, then you don't get the disgusting orange hand of doom. So I highly recommend it. But let's talk about more disappointing things. Uh, Tacticus. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, Tacticus. I think it's really fun. I like, I don't know, there's not a plethora of like turn-based Warhammer strategy games out there, which, you know, we all play Warhammer. It's all, it's turn-based. So it's kind of a natural, uh, kind of a natural uh, kind of flow into that digital realm uh, from the tabletop. So I quite like it. The animations are cool. The abilities are fun. Uh, the missions are hard. Um, so yeah, I've really enjoyed playing it so far. Yeah. The game though, uh, pretty blatantly a freemium game though, right? Yeah. Totally. Because <laughs> you say the missions are hard, but then you could just spend 80 bucks, and then but, they're real easy. Sure. I mean, yeah, you can, you can, you can pay to win, but, you know, if, you, if yeah. you want to do that, that's up to you. Yeah. And just following up here, guys, we don't have a promo code for this. We're just talking about it because of our love of the game. But if you want to give me another chance to purchase Commissar Yarrick, a 70% value, uh, then I will absolutely... <laughs> Uh, plug your stupid game more. Um, I just need, well, I need more uncommon Imperial tokens. Please, you know, go on, guys. Uh, John, you saying yeah. that you'll plug their stupid game definitely is going to get them to uh, to want to uh, invest uh, in you. Go on, they have Valrak plugging the game. They're like, oh, who else can there be? 
You can get us. It's fine. They know they know yeah. they could and have chosen not to. So <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Um, okay, this is a good one here. Uh, if there was a grim after dark freemium game, okay, um, what would it be? Um, it would have like a bunch of really weird trivia to answer in order to uh, like uh, or like kind of like or polls or like guesses that you would make. Like, how many of the hosts are wearing pants tonight? And that would allow you to advance your characters if you answered that correctly. Yeah, which is really easy because it's a big zero. Zero. Because, you know, <laughs> no under desk cams here. Um, or is there? God, I hope not. Uh, <laughs> you need to read your, your employment contract with FLGN a little bit more closely, John. <laughs> no. God, employment? That's funny. Uh, Danny, on that note, uh, go ahead introduce our guest uh so man we've had uh this guy on a couple of times um and so uh he decided to come back for some reason i'm not i don't really understand um <laughs> but uh he's generally a good guy a master of stats a doctor in real life uh and uh uh purveyor um of his uh brand new podcast uh well not brand new i mean it's new-ish though right i mean uh, it's called stat check uh so check it out uh, we're welcome. Uh, we're pleased to welcome uh, Nathaniel Henning on today. That was a stat dad joke to make every father proud. You're the, welcome. Uh, go go check yeah. out stat check. I, I hadn't actually thought about that one yet. That's pretty good. I can use that. You, next um, time. Thank you, Danny. So you booked yourself. I did. I booked like, myself for this. <laughs> I remembered that I had a calendar that John had sent me. And I was like, oh, look, there's an opening for a guest. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, well, you know, I could go on and get them in, like two times the views, right? That's definitely a thing I could do. <laughs> three people. I know. It was great. We went from one and a half to three or one and yeah. one in the one, one in the cadaver. And I guess we count that as half. He is we a doctor. Um, uh, Nathaniel, I do have some big questions for you oh, um, but on little cards uh so first off nathan tell us about stat check sure so stat check is our stats based platform for looking at the health of the meta so we have uh a player ranking system that we call crs which is an elo based system where we adjust it sorry based did you on say emo performance elo oh oh yeah okay I know. Sorry. It's not an emo based system. It's not how many how many bowl cuts and badly dyed black hair we can get in Let's one be fair. Uh when you don't put Ennis Wilson at the top of your guy's own system, it is an emo based system because he gets quite sad about it. It's true. it's true. So he has been sad for quite a while because Manny Chima is actually currently on the top of the CRS system. <laughs> um so we also Dang. rank factions uh on the website as well, which is www.stat-check.com. Uh, which is based also on an ELO system where we rank factions based on the quality of the players who play them. So all the factions that John plays are, of course, actually on the bottom. But that's okay. Makes sense. That's not true. I play Chaos Knights. They're mid-tier. We also have a wonderful... <laughs> <laughs> Just going to walk right past it. Um, meta dashboard that's curated by Cliff. 
uh, where you can go around and fiddle with all the different stats that we collect on a weekly basis. We have faction v. faction data. You can look at how veterans are doing with factions as opposed to more casual players. And we also track the win rate data over time, so you can follow that with trend lines that actually make sense for a change. Now, how do you define a veteran player, Nathan? So we define veteran players as players who are found in our data set as attending GTs more than once. Mm-hmm. whereas casual players are defined as players who do not attend GT-level events, or it is their first GT-level event. Okay. Nice. Uh, so you moved out of your podcast dad's house after you got your PhD uh, and started <laughs> StatCheck. Uh, how has the first couple of months gone uh, since that rebranding? So we're actually really happy with how the podcast has gone so far. Uh, we record every Tuesday, and so far we've seen really good viewership. We started a Patreon, and we have... 75 patrons now after about a month and a half of be, of going, which I think is pretty good. We've managed yeah. to convince at least 10 people to pay me to teach Anthony how to do math. Anthony is one of my co-hosts. And it sounds like producer Val has questions for you off air, but please continue. Oh, yeah, definitely. So I'm going to teach Anthony math because 10 people joined a tier where I Anthony learns by suffering. And his current suffering is going to be learning basic probability. Yikes. I know. And just like all think, the students, we're starting after Labor Day. Do you think, um, by the way, uh, that it's surprising that Anani Vanilla, by the way, a very good 40k player, very well-renowned, is so bad at probability-based math? So it's funny because I know the truth of the story, which is that Anthony just had a really bad math teacher, like a lot of us did, and is scared of math because of it. And so really, Anthony is just a stand-in for all of you who don't understand probability. Awesome. Fun story. I, I haven't done math in part of the class. I had to, part of a class this week, I had to work out the angle of a slope and they gave you the equation to do, uh, to do that. And it looked very complicated. So I looked at the four choices I got and then guessed based off of those choices. That is also, right? I was right. Yeah. It was a viable three, two method uh, for another class. <laughs> Did it make you feel powerful, John? It did, it did, because I knew that it couldn't be 90.1. Um, <laughs> you guys are, are making some great content. Uh, obviously, you said you have your weekly podcast. You have uh, the ever-expanding uh, like data set that's coming in. Uh, what's the favorite piece of content that you guys have recorded so far? Oh, actually, this is bonus content where... I actually got Chris Irvine, who is a member of Team Scotland at WTC, to give Anthony math homework during the WTC event in Belgium and to record his reactions and then take photos of every piece of homework that he was given so that I could grade it. And then we posted that in our Discord as bonus content for people to watch. I thought that was my personal favorite piece of content that we've produced so far. Not all of the actual meaningful content like our analysis of the WTC event and like terrain differences and stuff like that, but torturing Anthony again with math. God, I hope Anthony's army building like software is accurate. So there was a, there, there was a moment where Battlescribe went down and I got really nervous, not just for Anthony, but for a bunch of people, because I can barely trust people to put their factions incorrectly on dropdown menus in BCP. <laughs> I don't know if I can trust people to add. In, <laughs> right. In, with the entirety of 2,000 numbers. Yeah. <laughs> cool. 
Uh, Danny, that's all of the big questions on small cards I have this week. W what else do you have before we move on to, to funner things? Uh, I don't know. Uh, that's uh, no, I'm good. Yeah, that was that was cool. bad. I can't wait to see. Yeah. Is Anthony doing better in his math homework? Like, has he improved? He actually did pretty well in his math homework, all things considered. I mean, he did try to answer one entire assignment with 69, which wasn't really the right answer for most <laughs> nice. of the problems. Well, or was it? <laughs> <laughs> was it? It's true. Um, he did all of his linear algebra correctly, which I thought was pretty impressive. <laughs> okay, that's cool. So he's doing all right. We'll yeah. see how he does once we get into actual stats and undergraduate level probability type stuff once September rolls around. But for that, they need 20 more patrons. So <laughs> I mean, if you want to make Anthony suffer, maybe you live in a house in Florida with a bunch of other uh, really good Warhammer hypothetically. players. And you want to throw, hypothetically, someone else off their game by adding a whole bunch of math homework to their brain. Maybe you can do that there. Yeah. Um, uh, by the way, uh, Kelsey asking us on, on Twitch uh, if we can do the same thing for this show, but with law. Uh, the answer is no. Uh, oh, I thought thanks. for a moment there you were about to ask about how to make a better show by asking somebody with a better show. <laughs> <laughs> there? No. No, man. But, yeah. No, you left the better show. You went from fighting to talking about numbers. Come on now. Uh... <laughs> you know, you have to retire eventually from fighting. Another thing that you can learn from Anthony if you watch the show. <laughs> It's fair. Wow. All things I wouldn't say to his face as a amateur MMA fighter. Um, you did come here today, though, uh, with a little, a little, little gift for us. Uh, you're debuting uh, the brand new, and I forget what we landed on calling this here, um, but it's a new uh, ranking system uh, mm -hmm. for competitive content. You were trying to decide between different names. You were either going to go with uh, systematic podcast systems or simps, or we were going to go with totally accurate inter internet noticeability table or taint. And we haven't yeah. really decided which, so we'll leave it to your chat to decide whether it should be simps or taint. And they can Man, that sounds like a poll if ever I've heard of it. <laughs> because we all know that the internet loves acronyms. And then they Thank also you. love... True arbitrary computer generated ranking systems sure so, yeah obviously so yeah, yeah. So I, 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 I we, you John. sent us the data you told me to pretty it up throw it up here so we can kind of go over our this here and i just took a screenshot of the screen and put it on a slide and asked our producer Perfect. to add it right now <laughs> maximum effort oh yes maximum the, effort wow so, so table. what are we seeing here so we've got a modified ELO system, but set up now for podcasts so we can rank podcasts. So higher scores means better podcasts. And so I placed them and they go from one to nine thousand and three before the computer program exploded because there are too many 40K podcasts. Mm -hmm. It's fair. But. At first place is, of course, stat check at eighteen hundred and eighty two points. Okay. in the uh, simp and or taint system well, hold on uh can i ask and i know and you don't have to answer this depending on how proprietary your algorithm is but uh like what kinds of weights did you put on various different things like where where where, where did you get these numbers from 
So mostly I scoured the internet mm-hmm. for how well people responded to these podcasts and oh, then okay. plugged them into a black box. And then the black box spat out a bunch of random numbers. And I just decided that this was the best way to rank these, these podcasts. Perfect. Mm-hmm. I used all of the PhD education that I've received in order to create this podcast ranking system just for you, Danny, and for John. Oh, okay. So Thank you. Incredibly expansive and useful to three people. Yep. Exactly. Um, I was going to say, what what happened in 1882 again that made me question why that was what you got the score? I actually think that's just Ennis Wilson's uh, CRS score, if I'm remembering correctly. So it pulled that out of the ether and reminded us that as Ennis is the best player on the Stat Check podcast, that his score is the only one that matters. How often does Ennis remind Anthony of that? I'm pretty sure it's at least once a day. That's <laughs> Maybe twice a day. Sometimes when he wakes up, it's like a morning cup of coffee, remind Anthony that he's a better player than Anthony, and then on with his day. But I also Uh, really wanted to do this to rank how people were doing relative to Art of War. And what we found was that, like in everything else, mostly European and Australian podcasts are ranked higher than Art of War and do better at events like this one. Well, to be fair, the European podcasts are six months ahead (laughs) in their information. It's true. They they have like a little bit more. Um, so looking just on the list here, you have stat check number one, uh, mm-hmm. Art of War Down Under, number two, controversial. Oh, yeah, we, had, uh, we had Ben Way on last week, and, and people would argue uh, that he is the superior Australian podcast. Uh, Contact Lost at number three. Uh, the 40K Adjacent Show, number four, uh, which goes to show sort of the, the, the downsides of the ELO system. You can do really well for a few weeks. And just disappear for like six, seven months and still be right on up there. You just win um, for a couple weeks against really good players with really high scores. And then you just don't worry about decay because I didn't add it into the algorithm. That's that fair. That makes sense. That's fair. Mm-hmm. It's kind of uh, shows, honestly, the statistical outlier shows some of the weaknesses of the system. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Uh, we got Vanguard Tactics at five, Normal Block six. Uh, you have to feel that a thousand points of uh, Vanguard Tactics ELO scores are Stephen Box's thighs. Uh, you have Game Changers <laughs> at seven, uh, Art of War regular eight, Fight Club at nine. Which again, thank you for not just putting yourself in this top ten. Um, a Thursday Twice. show at ten. Uh, this is the biggest thing. Uh, you have Thursday show ranked at the same level as Best in Faction Ting. Uh, which well, I'm not sure what generation. that is. Oh, okay. Cool. So, so, so what makes those their two own... even? Well, so they tied in the system, but I think it's pretty much just that Best in Faction, the next generation, has supplanted the original generation. Mm-hmm. And then I felt like I had to include the Thursday show, mostly because of adding Camillary again. So question about this particular ranking here. So... Is it beneficial to like broadcast your kind of tweaking your audio and visual, uh, like uh, your audios and visuals at the start of the podcast, like before you actually start recording and make sure that goes live so people can watch it at the beginning of your episode for the first minute and a half while you kind of like tinker and make sure that the sound levels are correct and the video looks good? It's true. So it doesn't really take presentation into account per se, Ah. but... Then there's only so many like fancy dresses and things you can put on a turd before it's just a turd, anyways. So, <laughs> okay, 
And again, guys, you can catch the Thursday show live every Thursday on the Frontline Gaming Network, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern, and I believe that's Saturday afternoon, Australia. Um, moving down here, I feel you got Grim After Dark here. You have an ELO of uh, 15, 12, Danny. That puts us 4,269th, 4, but I really feel we should be 42,069th. I think that score is much more reflective of our of our collective ability. Yeah, that's not fair. quite to the best value, but to a really good value. Yeah, it's something that um, people both en- enjoy on several levels. Exactly, that's fair. Eight thousand nine hundred ninety-ninth, you have Canthammer, which I've never heard of. If I'm being totally <laughs> no, honest, that's actually you, just a typo. I think I was getting really mad at it when I put in Canhammer. <laughs> oh, <laughs> dang. It's not garbage can hammer. It's garbage can hammer. <laughs> well, you can't you have an, yeah, you have another uh, crappy dead podcast at 9,000 for mob rules. Uh, true, still, true. though, edging ahead of uh, signals from the front line at 9,001. You know, um, here's something interesting. that We're not power level over 9,000. So, nope. uh, unfortunately, front signals from the front line does take that. So, it could be said That's that fair. their power level is over 9,000. In the DBZ ranking system, they're mm-hmm. much better than us. But in yeah, all other ones, that's true. It's true. <laughs> if we so reverse much. the system to power levels, signals is the better is the yeah, better show. True. I'm that's sure Seth fair. will be very green with envy at being ranked under you guys towards the end of this. That'll just be because the producer can't figure out how to fix the green screen, and we'll just give up and make him green uh, as is tradition. Um, that makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, so what kind of things do you want to add to this podcast ranking? Oh, and actually, we have exciting news coming in. I don't know if our producer wants to announce it or if he wants me to do it here. He's, he's mouthed out. So I think it's me. Uh, but uh, the podcast ranking system uh, has come in. Simps comes in with 55% of the vote. Taint, uh, a lowly 44%. Um, 1% leftover. Okay. Uh, for, sure. for other, I guess. And Joel Atkins letting us know, boo, taint rules. Hard agree, Joel. Hard You're agree. Not wrong. You're not wrong. All right, let's go back to highlighting uh, memes people make about us, because uh, we are, in fact, that arrogant. Um, I saw this guy here on the Frontline Gaming Community page. Someone made this. I was like, when people make it, is Grim After Dark trying too hard? Uh, Danny, do you want to describe what this picture is for the, the audio? So listener? in this picture, um, you can see uh, the three uh, permanent members of uh, Grim After Dark. You can see John, uh, myself, and Val uh, dressed up as uh, space characters from the Space Ghost TV show. Also, maybe Space Ghost Coast to Coast. I think that's what this is from spe- uh, specifically. John being Space Ghost. Uh, myself being, uh, was it Voltar? Voltar? And then uh, Val being Zorak uh, in this particular picture. All sitting around a table. John is drinking some kind of a coffee mug. Sponsor me, Costco. Um, <laughs> Perfect. Uh, the meme really quickly points out uh, that we ripped off Space Ghost Coast to Coast, by the way, but also asks, are we trying too hard? Uh, and Nathan, as seeing as you're the guest here, you can go first on this one. Are we? I was going to say that I don't think Val's trying hard enough because those frosted tips have gone away. Now, I do believe, 
and he can correct me if his mic's connected, which I believe it's not. Um, that that is a wig. Oh. But he's not correcting me, so that's his actual hair. Uh, fantastic. Right. Uh, Danny, uh, thoughts on this? Uh, are we yeah, trying so, uh, what a gr- I mean, it's a great meme. Um, you know, you love to see it. It's a good reference. Uh, are we trying too hard? Uh, only every week. Um, you know, we pour our hearts and our souls into this, into this, uh, every, every Monday night at, uh, at, uh, you know, 8 p.m., 9 p.m. Eastern time. Um, until t- oh sorry 10 p.m eastern time until <laughs> you know yeah. but really get here an hour early to be on to be quite honest yeah. yeah participate in the chat uh we won't be there but you guys can hype yourself up right that's good you yeah. know it's the old warm yourself up without me baby kind of uh kind of a thing we're uh wow. known for that uh here on Grim after dark my, i think my not favorite trying hard thing. enough in bed as well as on the show my, my, I think my favorite thing about this picture is one, it's like, oh no, they know we ripped off the thing. Uh, but they did a pretty good job of photoshopping or cutting my face out of a picture and then shoving it on there. Uh, they cut off half of Danny's hair, uh, putting his face on there. And then they literally just took an entire screenshot of Val, didn't cut out the background <laughs> from at the all. From the torso, right? Like From the torso up, just slapped that on there. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that is my favorite thing. Is it's like that's how this show goes. It starts off with really good intentions, but by the end of it, you just can't be bothered. It's just anymore. a, it's just a freaking mess, John. <laughs> it, it is, and, and guys, the audience lets us know their views in the comments. My two favorite comments from this meme here um, are this one here from uh, Michael Miguel. It says, "Yeah, I watch them every week." Uh, so thanks for that. And then John Cook here responding. Uh, with just the greatest emoji possible of uh, a pammed face or a pam in his face. And I don't know if that's to the fact we're trying too hard or the fact that Miguel watches every week. You know, I'm surprised he can put the palm to his face like that in real life. I mean, I feel like that would let his rascal get totally out of control and crash into some tables or something. Great, now he has to find another emoji to kind of re- react to that one. <laughs> I don't think they have a, an emoji, John, for a rascal crashing into a gaming table. But, hey, you know what? I might be surprised. <laughs> well, guys, if you're a graphic designer and you want to create an emoji that's a rascal <laughs> crashing into a gaming table, we're going to put that up on the Frontline Twitch. Dude, I'll uh, use a it membership benefit. <laughs> we'll get it in there. Um <laughs> in the context so so nathan imagine you are on a good podcast um what is trying too hard uh, at a warhammer podcast to you oh dang <laughs> what is trying too hard i guess yeah. there's a point where you've added just way too much effort into your uh backdrop your background like say adding a warehouse full of cute little Easter eggs <laughs> TVs that are animated to drop your guests. Look. <laughs> no. What would be trying too hard would be having four different versions of this set professionally designed by a friend of Danny and ours who legitimately works for a video game studio in, where was he now, Danny? It's like Denmark or Sweden. something like that? Sweet. Sweden. I don't know, one of those Nordic countries. Nordic countries where he's yeah. legitimately an amazing uh, uh, augmented reality artist. 
And then looking through the four of these different scenes, which are all varied and great, and being like, well, I'm not sure of this one. Maybe this one, and like having like a couple weeks of discussion about it, mm-hmm. and then just making a bunch of really bad jokes uh, over it, uh, therefore just ruining the art of the whole thing there. It's um, actually a really nice set, though. I will say that. Here's what I want you to do, listeners, chat. Uh, I want you guys to grassroots effort. I would pay good money to have this set uh, be a uh, mat on my frontline gaming trade. Available Ooh, frontline gaming yeah, support. same. Big same. Um, Get that in there. Be like, hey, guys, work out a great merchandising deal. Uh, you print it. We'll buy it. Uh, and you should probably cut them in for like 40%? 45 I don't know. That we can go with the details later. Uh, but yeah, I would. Yeah, I, I kind of want this entire set uh, as a mat on my gaming train. That really um, reminds me of wanting to print out my PhD as objective markers for 40K games. Ooh. I like uh, that. That's what that's makes good. me think of. What about if we Seems had like an appeal to authority? The set background <laughs> as as the the map for the tray, and then the objective markers are just TVs. I like that idea, and they can each just like have that. a number, like the old style countdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah I love it. God, man, we should do this in action meetings. Val, put it on the whiteboard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, don't do that. It'll be the only thing on the whiteboard. I know because I can see it. No, no, there's. <laughs> we'll go over that later it's fine it's good uh guys last week we showed you this workspace um and guys we instantly glossed over the the trophy uh the voyeuristic poster of a bunch of marvel superheroes watching you work uh the ornamental porcelain napkin holder uh, the titan of questionable oh, yeah. origins uh to focus on what we saw as a bottle of baby oil on the desk and the owner was really quick to point out in chat uh, that it was not, in fact, baby oil, uh, that it was nail polish remover. So moving on from that, and we're going to be positive people and assume he's telling the truth about the fact that it's not baby oil, but it's nail polish remover. Uh, yeah, I think it's really weird to masturbate with nail polish remover. Well, that's been a great episode this week, guys. <laughs> we, want <to> thank, <laughs> we want to thank Frontline for their continued support of this very professional podcast. Um, <laughs> my question for you guys, which is never going to hit the high points that Danny just actually set off here. Uh, why did he only choose to correct us on the one point of the baby oil? <laughs> Look, man, <laughs> only one of those things was considered embarrassing in the community. That's it was the baby oil. <laughs> it was the Hierophant. Is that what it was? <laughs> I We're mean, you're not actually wrong. Little... The Hierophant is kind of embarrassing when you think about it. <laughs> We're actually going to get to Hierophant a little later on, which I'm very excited about. Oh, okay. um, but guys, what is the most questionable thing you use in your hobby work? So this guy here, we made jokes last week about him using baby oil while modeling. Uh, there's people who use makeup brushes for dry brushes. What's the most questionable item you use in your modeling activities? Uh, I have old dental tools. For like, stuff sculpting? Yeah, that's, that's it though. I don't really have anything really weird. Nathan, as a doctor, do you have new dental tools? No. 
I'm not that kind of doctor for one. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Who knows, Um, man? Who knows? It's true. Nobody knows. I mean, I could grab my PhD because it's right over there and I could put it in front of everybody, but that seems excessive. Um, Do you think you you could have like a dialogue here where you don't talk about your PhD? I don't know, man. It'd be cool if you could do that at some point. (laughs) No. Look, I spent six years of my life getting it. (laughs) Y'all get to hear about it once a month. (laughs) <laughs> um twice have you subscribed to the stat check patreon <laughs> <laughs> it's locked behind our horrific five dollar a month paywall oh, um i know it's bad but it's actually probably the five gallons of isopropyl alcohol that hangs out behind my 3d what? printers <laughs> yeah look you got to clean 3d yes, prints to remove excess resin but i have like five gallons of it because the sizes are either little tiny bottles for like medical kits or giant containers for industrial use, and there's no in-between. There was an also a terrible time during COVID where the worst thing that happened was it was impossible to get isopropyl alcohol. That's true. Uh, so you got to stock up in it now. So you hoarded this alcohol then, uh, Nathan? That's, that, that's what I'm hearing? Well, during COVID, I just took some from the lab and brought it home oh. with me most days. Now, are you sure this was for modeling? Five five gallons seems like enough to like dissolve a body. I, I mean, I don't know, um, but <laughs> well, how many gallons no. of uh, isopropyl alcohol does it take, Nathan? Yeah, don't you know that? <laughs> I do actually. <laughs> it's a lot because isopropyl alcohol is not about to dissolve a body, but that's okay. <laughs> That body bowl will be really sanitized, though, when they pull it out of your bathtub, mostly That's old. fair. <laughs> okay, That's Bard, fair. please don't tell the losing your virginity story in the chat. Nobody wants to hear that, for real. Especially <laughs> since it was also to a five-gallon jug of ice from alcohol. <laughs> it was a one-and-done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I helped along by a bottle of nail polish remover. Uh, oh, but just cool. to, to help our cool. FBI agent along the way, now he has to watch this whole show. Uh, the Mechanicum have come to 30K with a new black book that is now uh, only the 37th release since the announcement of Fires of Seraxis, Imperial Armor 15, uh, which was announced in May 2017 uh, and continues to this day to make our friend Josh very sad every yeah. time it's mentioned. Again, that's Fires of Seraxis, the Imperial Armor book from five years ago that will never be released. Um, but... The German version, as we see here, uh, has a different profile uh, on its gun uh, than the, the, the English language version. So here's a question for you guys. I just want to point out, by the way, our friend Josh in chat uh, said here, God damn it. Uh, mission, ac- <laughs> mission accomplished. Uh, so the German version has a different profile line on its gun. How would you guys uh, approach this as tournament organizers? At a friendly 30K event. Of course, friendly has all of the quotation marks. I was going to say, I don't think a friendly game of 30K exists was the first Ooh. thing that popped into my mind. <laughs> um, I'm going to get a lot of really angry DMs probably after this show now. <laughs> and all of them are going to say, well, my lore appropriate paint scheme is just better than everybody else's. True. Um, He's going to say my colors are better than yours. It's true. Isn't Fires of Seraxis the one where the rules writer died during the rules writing process, and that's why it was canceled, though? There was a lot that happened. Um, (laughs) To to your point here, it turns out letting one person uh, be entirely responsible 
for an entire game system and upgrade system and every single rule, probably not their best move. Yeah. Um, but the hilarity of a Syraxis for me uh, was it still hasn't been cancelled. It's still, they haven't come out and said, nope, we're not doing it. <laughs> still not officially cancelled. Uh, it's still possible. It could happen. Good. So One you're day. saying there's a chance. There, there's about as much chance of Fires of Syraxis coming out as me winning LVO this fall. Um, but back to the main but, point. Yeah, but back to your Back question. to the main point. Yeah, how would you um, approach that as a TO, Danny? Okay, so, and this is, I feel like this is a, this should be a general rule of thumb. The game is printed in English. Like, it's designed in English, and so the English rule should take precedence in this case. If you're talking about an international event where you have people with different books from different countries. I would generically now, ask if the event is taking place in Germany or not. And if it's not, then we're going to use the English rules. Yeah. I'm going to go one better. The event's taking place in Switzerland. What, so it's so neutral? It's so a, well, not only is it neutral, but it's a German-speaking country. <laughs> Do they split the difference then? Because they also speak French. They also speak French right? there. Yeah. And Italian. And Italian, yep. That's so fair. two out of yeah, three yeah. books probably disagree with the one German book. So we're going to go with the no, rule of majority. But, you know, I don't know if that's true or not. That's fair. I do just uh, spout a, a bunch of shit. Um, but <laughs> in saying that, now GW, they translate into to German. They translate into French, Italian. We have a lot of these kind of, of Italian. Um, are you surprised <laughs> that this hasn't happened more, that we're not seeing more publications across various languages having these differences? I know that it's happened a few times previously. I think there was at least one case where somebody brought like a French book for a codex to get the rules application from the French book mistranslation of an English rule that gave them an advantage in a situation, but I can't remember exactly the situation anymore beyond that. So it's happened before. Yeah. Danny, would you learn French to gain an advantage in the game if the TO was like, hey, if you speak French, you can run the French rules? John, absolutely not. I wouldn't learn French <laughs> under any circumstance. <laughs> I was going to say it's a brave <laughs> assertion to think he knows English, but that's okay. <laughs> so this happened, obviously, in the 30K game where we had these kind of things. Uh, what would the 40K community reaction be if, say, we had the Demon Codex come out and the rules were different in, say, Germany than it was to English? Oh, this has happened before. Um, and I believe the answer is, the thing I said before, I think that's generally how it got interpreted. But I guess it depends on what country you're playing in. Yeah, but it, I mean, we did awesome. have that moment with the Games Workshop app where Death Jesters had strength 25 on a weapon. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> and what, the neophytes cost like 55 points a model or 60 points a yeah. model or whatever? Oh, yeah, model. yeah, 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 yeah. Who was it that wanted to go to LVO? Oh, was it was it Pete that wanted to go to LVO and wrote nothing but neophytes? And it was a 2,000 point army that was 14 models? Yeah, <laughs> the real points cost from the games were based app. on the GW app. It's ballsy Yikes. to, to book a flight to Vegas, pay for a hotel for four days, spend one hundred and fifty dollars on a ticket to run a meme list of fourteen guys with T three and no armor. Uh, well, just like Art of War, they're only running the broken thing for the good of the community. Definitely not yeah. those trophies. No one ever runs the bad broken thing for the good of the community. Also, only the good broken thing for true. the good of the community. Um, but speaking of terrible communities, occasionally we as a gaming group overreact to things. Uh, I've conceded a game because the guy I was playing against was just a massive asshole. Um, I've been uber upset 
that a detachment of Galapox that I spent a week painting uh, got destroyed before it actually did anything, Danny. <laughs> that happened the first time, did it? It did. Yeah. Um, but here uh, we see a gentleman whose kid dropped his night haunt army on the ground and spilled soda on them, uh, so he threw them in the trash. What? What? Uh, his kid knocked over his night haunt, which I believe is a Age of Sigmar army, um, and then you, spilled you soda on it, army. so he put it in the trash. Uh, guys, I also own that army. Um, have you guys <laughs> ever thrown a model away uh, out of frustration? No. Yes. Yeah, what, did, what did you throw away and why? Uh, Please say a monolith. Right. <laughs> so, uh, this is... <laughs> yeah, no, it was no, never the dream. monolith. I've never been frustrated at my baby in, in all my life. Um, so, this happened to me when I was in college as a young man. Um, I had a real dickhole roommate, and I left some models out on the kitchen table uh, that I was working on painting. Some Ogre Kingdom bulls. Um, and, uh, in a drunken stupor, him and his friends had painted my models, um, with like really thick coats of my paint, used up a bunch of my expensive Citadel paint and then thrown the models in the trash when they were completed. Um, and so, uh, some of the models were unrecoverable. Um, but <laughs> the next morning saw me, uh, police knock on this guy's door <laughs> and, uh, loom over him in a menacing way and, uh, ask him to fork over the money for the models that he destroyed, which he did. So that was good. So guys, if you are rooming with Danny, uh, you can take his tournament winning list, just cover it in three inches of thick paint. But as long as you pay him, uh, the MSRP of the model kits, he's okay with it. Well, see, nowadays <laughs> you just put that stuff on eBay as pro painted. That's true. I should have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just let Chad know he didn't actually call the cops. Danny became the cops as he very, I imagine, politely <laughs> battered down his door and was like, what the F, man? Um, Danny, you played Night Haunt. Uh, I did. Nathaniel, I think you have a passing knowledge of Age of Sigmar. Uh, back in this picture, what on earth is the fence for? If you look on the left-hand side of the trash can, there is a very long fence part that I don't know what it is. John, maybe it's part of a display board. Yeah, maybe a bridge. It doesn't have to be a fence. It could be a bridge. I, I, I don't know, John. What, are you asking me to identify what this guy's like scenery collection is? Like, what, do. what do you want from me? Here? I am. I want you okay. to use your 30 years of Games Workshop knowledge to identify a piece. Okay, look here, you little shit. <laughs> <laughs> look, John, <laughs> we've been in this hobby for roughly the same amount of time. In fact, you are slightly older than me, as I remind you constantly. Um, <laughs> like, the gray is the giveaway. We have not been playing for 30 years. Get out of here with that. Like, I'm not even 25 yet. You are most certainly at least 25. Uh, but moving on. <laughs> I haven't played move past this. years. Because this is how we get the last episode of Grimm is by us just being a dick to each other. Um, <laughs> Isn't that every episode of Grimm? That's fair. That, that's fair. <laughs> Speaking of dicks, though, um, oh, this guy here go on. Um, put this post up <laughs> that said, imagine unironically believing that this anything remotely like what gatekeepers do. I don't want woke political nonsense in my hobby, and the fact that we still have to argue about why female space marines would ruin the lore 
is proof why they're needed. I've seen what they've done to Star Wars and D&D, among others. I want anyone of any background to be able to enjoy this hobby. I do not want people that are going to come into here and demand things change to suit their palate. Uh, guys, starting with Nathaniel here, um, who were they? Wow, I just, there's a moment where I just had to take in the sheer amount of, like, old grognard that was just vomiting forth from that person's Facebook. But I assume that they mean anyone who's not a white guy, not a straight white guy, and that probably is who they mean for they. Um, just based on the attitude of the post. But it always is funny, I think, to remind them that female space marines were in the original edition of 40k, and that they made metal female space marine models alongside the original line of space marine models. And then watch their brains pop. It's fair. They also had a half Eldar, half human space marine librarian, I believe. Inquisitor. Who had a shuriken cannon. Um, Danny, what did they do to D&D? Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, I actually, I've heard about this, I guess they, uh, they decided to take alignment out of races. So like, uh, like orcs aren't generally evil kind of stuff. I think there was some, uh, some motivation about that. Um, I'm sure they added some more gender inclusive terms and in some of the things that they used to describe different classes and characters and things like that. So maybe that offended somebody for some reason. I don't know. Maybe. Danny, we're going to stay on you here now as we ask this next question. Perfect. Is there any irony on demanding that something is a specific way so others cannot demand something is a specific way? Look, John, you can't change the taste of a hot dog. A hot dog is always going to be a hot dog. But what's in there will certainly change. Uh, One second. Economy dependent. <laughs> sure. Why do we have so many different kinds of hot dogs then, Danny? <laughs> Look. <laughs> I'm not here to to explain logic to you or you or explain my analogy in a way that makes sense. I'm just here to give opinions. Are we going to trail off this episode with an argument about how the morality of truth or something now? Is that what we're going to do? <laughs> yes. But I do have a big question on a tiny card for you, uh, Nathaniel, which is something oh I've decided to start doing now. It's, it's a bit that I'll forget about in a couple months. Um, if we just get like a super nice, good single shot of Nathaniel in the screen here so I can see the proper uh, thought process for this question. How do you solve the female Space Marine question without angering literally everyone? You just do it. Like, you can... <laughs> so the easiest solution is just to really lean into the already like religio-fascist nature of the Imperium and just say that they don't let women in because they're religious fascists. Damn, that is a good reason. I okay. thought you would struggle or you'd have like some kind of facial reaction. Dude, his brow like, didn't even crinkle. It was just no, a dude. Effort. That was impressive. <laughs> like you literally like I don't solved... want this weird quasi-biology bullshit that like really makes me mad at the core of my being. It's um, almost like you've spent 10 years in school studying biology to become a doctor of things, to be told how biology it's... works by some dude who Googled uh, boob armor. Actually, by a guy who's probably not been close enough to see a woman to know what a woman is, probably. Fair. Fair. <laughs> um, well, man, I mean, Sorry, honestly, that day. solves it like a little too cleanly. 
Um, hopefully it doesn't get about Danny. Like, like we, we work on controversy and this isn't hopefully going anywhere. But <laughs> it's been an emotional roller coaster this week, guys. Uh, John, we have this more? headline. I pulled from Spiky Bits. Oh, it no. says, <laughs> Battlescribe <laughs> removed from the iOS app store. So, of course, we couldn't we couldn't go further uh, without talking about this about about the the just the awfulness the the outrage everything that came on the list this is shocking guys mm -hmm. spiky bits article headline is both informative not misleading and not clickbait were either of you guys expecting this i mean every clock even a broken one is right at least once a day yeah Danny, do you think this sets a standard for the future that will focus on hard-hitting, accurate stories and not rely on clickbait? John, I don't. <laughs> I agree with Danny. <laughs> I don't think the word standard is in the style guide for spiky bits. No, definitely not. Or definitely like, not. you know, good writing or journalistic integrity. I was um, about to or... say journalistic integrity too. <laughs> Are you guys surprised that through Patreon, uh, Spiky Bits receives somewhere between $14,000 and $40,000 a year to produce content? But why? I mean, to be fair, the Battlescribe guy was taking home, I think, 120,000 Great British pounds per year for not updating the app. Damn, we're, we're getting there. Got to keep that fire so, down. Sorry. We're, we're on we're spiky bits right now. We're moving all right, back. All right. Hey, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Our producer brings up a great point. Long War Doubles is really fun. It is. Danny, it you is and I true. do that every year. Yeah. Um, every every time, a uh, broken clock is right twice a day, and two of those times are the Long War Doubles. Uh, tickets available for LPO. <laughs> That's why it's the doubles, is because they're right twice a day. <laughs> okay hey you did it yeah you put, you put her, that was a great I to, equation i had to do i had to be the joke explainer today that's fair you. that's good uh guys regardless uh of whatever fun i want to make there uh battlescribe did die for a few days last week and an all death christ in the community i think this meme here was the most inaccurate one uh because it hurts my brain it's the we need to something battlescribe uh, which is what Games Workshop says. And then the three people in the boardroom say, create a rubbish version, shut them down, and could join with them as they are better. And the guy who says could join with them as they are better is thrown out. Um, I'm going to ask this to both of you guys, starting here with Nathaniel here. Why do people love Battlescribe? Because it's free. <laughs> I, I Honestly... Um, I don't think Battlescribe is a particularly good application and it is quite hideous to look at for the most part. GW's app is all pretty and no function, but Battlescribe is all function and no aesthetics whatsoever. Most no, of the time, like 90% sure. of the time. Danny, do, do you agree with this view of Battlescribe? Yeah. The, the Battlescribe UI is pretty bad. I would say in general. Um, also the fact that the guy is just, cranking in all this money and then he makes the i mean i think there's a legal reason why he doesn't have the he has the community create the the data files um i think mm -hmm. that's so they don't get uh sued uh, yes. for we're getting there we're getting there okay oh. 
Well, we're I'm, talking the I, bun right now. You're going straight to the hot dog. Uh, to well, continue all right. Sorry. There. Go ahead. Um, uh, like Danny, we're, we're trying think... too hard, Danny. We're trying too hard. I know. To geez, oh, sorry, back John. to the first meme now. Yeah, we're just trying too hard. Hold on. Um, no, no. I... We're gonna stop running this race so John can catch up with his <laughs> his train of thought, his land yeah, train exactly. of thought. I'm sorry, I don't have a PhD or an undergraduate degree. It takes me longer to get where you guys are. Good God. Um, Danny, like you, I see Battlescribe kind of closer to this meme that, that I saw earlier this week that said, it's time to go. Was I a good list editor? No, you were the worst. Um, <laughs> Accurate. Uh, the thought that I no longer had to receive an 18,000-page document to show me a single thousand-point list literally filled me with joy. Uh, the yeah. idea that I would no longer have a guy hand me his phone to show me Battlescribe when I asked clarification on a rule filled me with joy. And then the fact that I didn't have a, your army is invalid, and just be like, yeah, it's fine. Uh, like, I was excited for that. Um, going to both of you, though, we've all used Battlescribe. We all use it a whole bunch. Uh, what are some of your worst Battlescribe memories? Oh, uh, I've got one. Okay. Uh, my opponent um, trying to explain to me the rules of how something worked at LVO uh, by looking on Battlescribe and describing to me what the rule was there and me having to say, do you have that on like an official document source? And he's like, no, I just have Battlescribe, man. I didn't bring any codexes with me. Nice. Yellow card. Love it. He did get one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nathaniel, um, this is something we've seen coming for a while now. It's been a couple of years since that was updated. Um, do you think the community reaction to, to the app going away was what you would have expected it to be? Or was it like better or worse than you expected? I mean, there wasn't as much blaming of GW as I expected there to be. Like this community tends to react to change poorly, even when the things that they love about something are a terrible something. Like the Battlescribe app's not great. But everybody loves it because it makes their life just like the tad bit easier than using an Excel sheet or ba doing some basic condition. Yeah. And some multiplication but yeah this time not everybody immediately blamed gw which was well, kind of a novel experience ultimately though it wasn't their fault right like right it wasn't no yeah. um, i was surprised on to that. that they the, didn't the, get blamed anyways the creator of battlescribe actually jumped quickly onto twitter to, to let us know uh, he said, Welp, this is embarrassing. Apparently an expired credit card caused my iOS developer account to go down for a bit, meaning the app store shouldn't couldn't be reached in the uh, so the app couldn't be reached in the app store. It should be back up and running now, slash soon. Heart, and then emoji of a Pam face, and then a bunch of hashtags for, for people to jump into here. Um, I'm gonna point out a couple things here, guys. You pointed at this out earlier here. Um, my notes here say, just shit on this dude, by the way. That, that's the only thing I wrote down here, because uh, <laughs> it's accurate. This gentleman, because uh, I'm assuming it's a guy, uh, earned $120,000 a year from Battlescribe. Uh, he it's has British been radio pounds, silent but... for two years. Uh, the data files that are on there, he does nothing to create the data files or any of the content. That's all a team of volunteers that do that. Uh, so every time you're like, are you a supporter? Support Battlescribe. You're not supporting the people who do the work. You're supporting someone who made a really bad UI five years ago and keeps cashing in on it. Uh, he's ignored uh, data file developer requests to fix bugs for two years. 
And his response to this, and Chad's letting me know almost three years, uh, he said he took some time for himself, uh, you know, some personal time, which we all get. Uh, but he took a quarter of a million dollars over two years while he was being a fucking hippie in God knows where. Um, guys, don't use Battlescribe. Do not support the app. The data artists who are actually the ones responsible for making it a must-use app, for making it so widely available and made it loved by you guys, um, are working on their own interface. Use that. Until then, use Excel. Fuck this guy. Um, guys, uh, please feel free to add in or kind of tell me I'm wrong. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that's something you can do. I mean, I wouldn't penalize somebody for coming up with an idea, despite the lack of this guy's attentiveness on this application for two years. For some reason, nobody else can recreate an application that does it nearly as well as it does. It's the best army builder that's available, unfortunately. So, I mean, I just, yeah, I, I don't necessarily agree. Um, I think, I, th I think it's, I think it's fine to support an application that, that does the job it's supposed to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think yeah, there's anything sure. inherently like a immoral that this person did. Like they created the app, they sold it, people bought it knowing kind of what they were buying into. And then they didn't do any additional work and didn't pay their volunteers. And they ended up taking about 150,000 us dollars home per year. Cause it's like 120,000 great British pounds or whatever it is and converting it. So more like $300,000 to $450,000, depending on... And that's not even with ad revenue. That's just the supporting revenue. So it's not including a bunch of other stuff. Sure. Yeah. But I can definitely understand yeah. why the community thinks that this is, while not necessarily a morally wrong move, sure. definitely a a shitty move. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no question. No question. I don't think you can argue that. Right. And, and here's the thing. Uh, like Chad's pointing out here... Um, FLG still takes uh, Battlescribe files for their, their events. Yeah, yeah, they do. They take uh, Battlescribe, they take GW. And guys, no one's expecting everyone to stop using Battlescribe right away. We as a community are far too dependent on this one app uh, to, to move forward and be successful. But if you're a supporter, stop being a supporter. He's had enough of your stuff there. Start supporting the guys who are doing the actual work there. <sighs> Man, I went serious. I'm sorry, guys. Um, let's go back to shitting on people who probably don't deserve it um, here, but I, I don't. Um, oh my gosh. Cool. Yeah, I just jumped past all kinds of stuff. Here we go. I, I'm where I'm at. Uh, Joel Atkins only using handwritten lists from now on. Wonderful. I love it. Please do. Um, we're going to go to this next guy here who says, <laughs> no. okay, most folks would say, Games Workshop is ultimately motivated by its profit slash bottom line. Love it. If that's the case, hear me out. Let's see Games Workshop switched its business model, uh, wherein they closed all their stores, ceased physical production, fired all staff except a handful of 3D artists, some rules writers, playtesters, and their legal team. And their business activities from then consisted of designing and selling STLs, selling rules and codices, and making lucrative licensing deals uh, with game developers and filmmakers. Uh, would that be marketably less profitable than how things work at the moment? If yes, then how long until 3D printing threatens them enough to make this an attractive proposition? Danny, your, your look of confusion is more than Nathaniel's, but, but not by much. It's not confusion. Uh, it's just this is so, a stupid opinion. I mean, like, what is this question asking? Like, when is it, when so, is it, more, when is it more profitable? When it is. 
We're, like, we're gonna we're gonna break this down here, um, Danny. <laughs> would closing all of GW stores and firing ninety percent of their staff be a positive for the hobby? Uh, no, I mean, no. Huh. In so many ways, uh, I just I don't know. Like, how how are you supposed to attract new players? Like, what, what I mean, what is this even trying to do? There's there's plenty of games out there that are that you can three D print all the models for, right? How popular are those? Where do you see them? I don't. I Fair. think it's interesting, too, because I think GW puts out their financial reports and they're currently running like an incredible profit margin as is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they're a company that's re- recorded record breaking profits basically every year for like the entire time that I've been in the hobby. Um, so I'm always confused by these. And everybody always has been saying the death knell of uh, GW is 3D printing and that it's coming very soon. And Every year, GW continues to make record profits. And eventually, sure, 3D printing will probably be easy enough and like not a hobby into and of itself and won't deal with hazardous chemicals that you have to dispose of safely and wear gloves to handle and have to buy a five-gallon jug of isopropyl alcohol to wash. (laughs) Could you imagine how expensive a Citadel-branded jug of isopropyl alcohol would be? So I work in science where I'm already used to the idea of them slapping brands on stuff makes everything twice as expensive. And yeah, it'd probably be two to three times more expensive. Yeah. Um, Guys, people who 3D print, they're they're, they're very passionate about their hobby. And that's that's obvious. And that's great that they do. But do, do, do they realize that not everyone has the time, space, resources, or even desire to do it? Yeah. I would argue that recasts have been happening for a long time too and recasts were also considered to be the death knell of games workshop for a long time and games workshop has continued to be a profitable company despite or in spite of recasts and the people who i've known of who buy recasts are a relatively small population amongst people who play 40k as a whole yeah Absolutely. Um, and like you said, everything is the death nail of Games Workshop and everything will move on. Um, but I think just because your hobbies are something you enjoy and save you money doesn't mean they're right for everyone. Igbard in chat letting us know really well, and then we're going to jump to you here, Nathan. The 3D printing is like a boat. It's great when someone else owns it. Yep. But Nathaniel, you were going to say. So I'm going to tell you something about 3D printers being less expensive. <laughs> And they are definitely not if you are buying 3D printers with the intent of printing armies out of them. Um, Medium scale 3D printers are $500 to $600 to print miniatures in a quality similar to what GW produces. And that's not including material. Like over time, you would make up that gap, but the initial investment is basically a 2,000 point army. And then time to troubleshoot. Uh, we're going to jump onto our last slide here. We're going to skip forward a little bit to slide 15, producer, uh, super Whoa. producer. Uh, as we kind of go here, I promised we would talk about this earlier. Uh, but we have a win at all costs or whack shenanigan. As a player complains, uh, I'm actually going to go to slide 16. My bad here. Um, we're going to, a player complains that I hate the Bio Titan for Tyranids. But honestly, who brings one to a 2,000-point game? Uh, guys, do Titans have a place uh, in regular games? Yeah, so in a 10,000-point game, like you said, John, totally. I agree that you should I meant 2,000, but I hiccuped when I was saying it. So oh. yeah, that, that was my fault there. 
Oh, um, yeah, you love that times five multiplier on those hiccups. <laughs> that's that's what you get when you play Tacticus, uh, <laughs> available now on the App Store. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's fun to bring models like that uh, if it's if it's up to me. I mean, I think people can bring what they want, but I think it makes a much less engaging game when somebody focuses their entire army around like, oh, you got to kill this one unit or you're going to lose. Do you guys think there's a responsibility to tell your opponent beforehand that you're bringing like a very large model like like that or like a Forge mm. World model? When you're playing like a friendly game? Yeah. Then Yeah, it's in so, general, yeah. There's a social contract that you are engaging with when you, you engage with an opponent in a friendly game of 40k where you should communicate the kind of game that you want to somebody and they should communicate back the kind of game they want to give you. And so yeah. you're allowed to break that social contract at any time. If your opponent is a dick about it, and when you ask for a friendly game, they bring a, a Hierophant, which isn't, by the way, a good unit. Uh, it is yeah. good. Um, Questionable. I will say, well, our, produ our producer is jumping in chat here, letting us know, what is this, 2016? Who cares? Uh, which, you know, one, fair. Uh, two, no, it's not. 2022. Um, but <laughs> eagle-eyed viewers might have noticed I, I did some slight censorship to the last picture. Uh, and when we take that away and we move to the next line, we see that his main complaint uh, was that he, an Imperial Knight player, <laughs> lost his Castellan turn one to this Biotitan. So I'm going to ask you guys kind of in retrospect here, uh, is it fair to have to face an 850-point model when it will mean your 630-point Lord of War will die turn one? I mean... Could have done that much more efficiently with a 215 point model equipped with a Reaper of Obliterax, but but <laughs> it is funny to do it with an 850 point model. Um, yeah, again, uh, our producer pointed out in chat here, what is this 2016? Uh, how is Forge World actually interacting with mainline 40k now? Like, are we seeing more of it, less of it? Definitely more of it. Oh, interesting. I would say less. Oh, okay. So I mean, yeah, Nathaniel, why why do you say more? So I guess I see I've seen so many Volkite dreads in my life now, probably more than GW ever produced, um, and Caladius as well. But not more than mainland China has produced. That's it's an important true. thing to, Maybe to point out. In China, I love that. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think also since Forge World's rules development has shifted over to Games Workshop proper from Forge World. We've seen the incorporation of more Forgeworld models into standard armies, and people don't forbid them at tournaments anymore. So I've seen a lot of Caladii, uh, a lot of Telamons. I don't know what the plural of Caladius actually is, so I'm just going to call it Caladii. Lots of Sagittarium, mostly Custodius models, because half their book is Forgeworld. That's book. true. Yeah, Custodius uses um, a lot of them. Actually, yeah. outside of Custodius and Space Marines, I don't yeah. really see that many Forgeworld models, except yeah. for... During ninth, when people were playing Dimacarons and Harry True, yeah, that's true. Because yeah. yeah, Danny, you're seeing you're seeing less Forge World now, and I think I'm more inclined to agree with you. But that's coming from someone who played Tyranids a lot and was really using that Forge World line to prop up what was like average or below average books. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just I don't I don't think I see that many Forge World models as like as as I used to because once GW took over writing for for the Forge World stuff, it became a lot less busted for the most part. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. uh, and it's a, a lot of it is still overpriced. There's just a couple outliers, like e even the Volkite dreads went up a significant number of points. So I feel like I probably see less of those than I did before, 
Um, but also because, I don't know, uh, Space Marines are probably not as good as they were towards the beginning of Ninth Edition. Um, I, I will say I basically never see uh, anything outside in the chat. of Imperium uh, or Tyranids, basically, for Forge World yeah. stuff. Let's say uh, finally our producer letting us know in chat is comedic chops by saying, especially ever since Fires of Syraxis dropped. Top quality. Dropped, dropped <laughs> into a pit, dynamite. apparently. Gonna finish every episode by killing Josh's dreams uh, of Fires of Syraxis <laughs> happening. Uh, Nathaniel, go ahead, plug your stuff. Uh, that, that's why you wanted to come here, not to look at silly memes. Actually, I came here to look at silly memes. Most I keep coming back because no I enjoy doing it. Go away. No, I'm kidding. Kidding. No, I keep I want to say that I keep coming back because I enjoy being on this show and I enjoy watching this show. So I don't come for any other reason. <laughs> like, why would I come back if I hated the show, John? Um, but if it's you want to watch me here for stat check, make Nathaniel go on Grim After Dark. I really should make that one. You're not you're yeah. not wrong, but you can go to www.stat-check.com if you want to check out our meta dashboard. Uh, the podcast records every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, and then some ungodly time in Scotland that Innes stays awake for so that we can record. Um, and you can watch that live at youtube.com slash C slash stat check. Uh, if you join our Patreon, you can join it at patreon.com slash stat check, where we have a very simple tier system where if you pay at any tier, you get access to all of our bonus content. We produce 30 minutes of bonus content every week and you get to join our discord and you get to slide into my DMS and stuff like that and yell at me when I make things, uh, when I say things on the podcast and make people upset. Um, you can also watch me torture Anthony with math, which is always fun for everyone. Heck yeah. Yeah. I would say, and I recommend the $6 and 90 cents, uh, tier as the one to nice. go. Um, <laughs> Wonderful. Hey, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate thank it you. here. Um, <laughs> uh, our producer letting us know, do me a solid out of support the FLGN tier, which I think is just uh, Nathaniel continuing to come back and talk to us. <laughs> that is me um, coming back and doubling your viewership from one and a half to three people. <laughs> that's true. Uh, Tech Priest Dickie in the chat saying, no Warhammer Fantasy I was, talk tonight. I huh? was going to get to that. Gyrocopter, yeah. Lich Priest, War Sphinx, uh, and uh, Chaos Troll. Wait, well, we're not that... mentioning Demon Princes because it makes our producer sad. Uh, but definitely check out on the F tabletop strategy game from computers. Is that the one that we're talking about? Warhammer oh, Fantasy? Is that the Total War 3 ripoff? <laughs> but definitely check out on the FLGN YouTube page. We have uh, an amazing special report by uh, creative director Val Heffelfinger, where he provided the sole coverage for the 2022 6th edition Warhammer Fantasy uh, Battles Tournament. Uh, live from Canada, uh, check out that video. Uh, it was a lot of fun, and Val did some amazing coverage of that. Uh, moving on, what an amazing show. Uh, we're going to be back next Monday uh, with Sepulture of Heroes. Uh, Evan, is he's here to talk about the Nova Open. Ooh. We're going to hit the highest highs and the lowest lows of the community. Uh, thank you, everyone, for watching. And as always, it's pretty grim after dark.